Hi everybody and welcome along to Friday Night with us at the NSL podcast. I hope you're all well who's watching along and also going to catch up. I'm delighted to be joined by Jed, James and Anthony. How are you? Hey. All good. All good, Anthony, mate. yourself? Good to be back good. on, mate. Feels like it's, I've, I've had just as long a rest as the first team. Uh, I think it was the <laughs> Christmas quiz was the last time I was on. But yeah, all good to go, mate. Good to be back on. 100%. And we've, we've come up with a wee bit of an initiative here to, to try it out with it. The viewers and stuff like that going forward. William, who looks after the TikTok, has come up with a wee preview of what we're going to be talking about in the podcast. I'm going to play that now and hope you can kick back and enjoy this wee minute clip. I think it's fair to say that uh, Williams a dab handed putting them TikTok fellows together. That was pure magic there. I thought get us all in the moment. To produce the next Marvel film, aren't they? Jeez, oh, 100% right? quality. But again, that was just a sneak peek what we we're going to talk about. Vincent is in the comments. Hail, hail from Dublin. Plunge McNuggets in. Corvo. William, the very man himself in. John Boy Graham's in. Pat McLaughlin in early. I think we should start a battle on Pamela. We'll get into that shortly in terms of the lineup for Bucky Thistle. But, Jed. I'll come to you straight away with the, the latest news and the sign-in front, the incomings anyway. Nicholas Kuhn has signed for, for Celtic from Rapid Vienna for around £2.8 million. He's a right-sided player, can also play across the, the front three positions, so centre attack in mid and all, off the left as well. What's your Before I get into the, the nitty-gritty of the deal and, and the wingers within the club, but what's your initial thoughts on the, on the transfer? Yeah, to be honest, I'm surprised I thought he wrote to other positions first. I know, I think I've stayed on. I've stated on here where I've commented. If I've not been on, I do think we need a bit of physicality in the team. Uh, for me, left back was screaming out, um, and possibly like a midfield enforcer. So, at the end of the day, I'm not paid the big bucks like Brendan Rodgers to make these decisions. Um, look, I don't. To be honest, I don't know much about the guy. I've only seen some video clips of him, but we didn't know anything about Kyogo when he came. Uh, or a badder, and if he turns out to be half as decent as they do, well, that'll be a good sign. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And obviously, that's the there's Rebel. You can tell Anthony has broken many of hearts over the years. Big, handsome, ba- uh, Baza. I'm saying that means <laughs> bastard. But I, I, do, I, I do agree with you, Jed, in the terms of the unknown. And James, we've had the deal with that with multiple signings like Kyogo, Rio Tate, Matt O'Reilly, even when he was at that MK Dons. And 
Ah, look, the, the Nicholas Kuhn deal, while we're happy we, we got him in the door, I see many supporters online saying he's not that the bracket of the six to seven million pound player. Why can we not do that? Why can we not get a winger that's more proven? But then you can kind of counter that and say the Austrian league is a, a decent standard. Rapid Vienna are a good club. And I, I, another winger in the door, like Jed said, kind of prioritise other positions. I do agree. But same same question that I had with Jed there. What's your initial thoughts on the deal? Uh, they played himself, to be fair. I'm the same as Jed. I've not seen an awful lot of him. But what I have seen, he looks, he looks good. He looks like something we probably need for that right wing. Probably a hundred times more technical than than Maida. Um, that's not a slight Maida because he's definitely got his uses. But I just, it's it's hard not to take it in the context of the windy so far as a whole, and it's it's just really really underwhelming. Um, I said coming into it the exact same as I said in the summer. For me, the bare minimum was a left back and a goalkeeper, and obviously signing a, a another winger, albeit something maybe a wee bit different. We don't have in the right side. I don't really think it's kind of scratching the surface of where we, we need to be coming out of the window so far. Yeah, no, again, we'll get into the nitty gritty of it. And actually, like what James said there as well, and Jed kind of echoing that, it's the winger we're, the winger position we're stacked in, and we'll come on to the names we have. And But I do agree with James in the essence of the technical side of his game. He looks like he's very quick, very dynamic, can take players on. And I think for me, the initial parts of the season, maybe bar Yang almost, because bat is only back from injury. We didn't really have anyone to take a player on, eliminate a player and get into the box that way. Maybe Kuhn can be that bit of quality that, that, that we're crying out for on, on the wings. Yeah, well, that's certainly what we what we hope for, Stephen. And take, take the boys' points on, absolutely. But as James says, the fact that um, it, it might be someone, you know, one of our biggest frustrations as much as um, I think for the most part, um, Louis Palmer has, has impressed, um, although there's perhaps the accusation sometimes has went a bit missing, especially at that period near early December when we have done a poor results. But one of the, the sort of biggest sort of frustrations with, with the support is that he's, he's not overly keen on taking a man on on the outside. Um, Maeda can do that, but he's not as technically gifted as, as we say that, that as, as Palma is. Um, so that's where I think perhaps Brendan's looked to, to bring this guy in. As is like. The rest of the boys, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I knew too much about him, but he's, he seems to come with a decent reputation. Um, and, you know, if the, the deal was there to be done, then then fair play for getting it over the line. But as as much as I agree, in, in terms of numbers, Stephen, there's no doubt that we're, we're stacked um, on the wings. But it, we also have to take into account that it's an area where we always want to, you know, traditionally we always play with a lot of width and a lot of pace and a lot of attacking threat. And, when you take away, you know, you would imagine Palma at the moment is is pretty much, you know, as as close to a guaranteed starter as, as you can be um, on that side. Maeda has obviously been a, a massive part for the last year and a half, but you know he's obviously away at the moment. Abada is still is you know still to get back up to full fitness, um, so you know there's there perhaps going to be a bit of time before before he's there, and then you start. You know, the further down you go, you are going into the, the Mikey Johnson territory, who, you know, God love the laddie, but he's just not going to make it at, at Celtic, I don't think. And then as much as, you know, I'm president of the James Forrest fan club, but, you know, there's no doubt that obviously James's best days are, are behind him as well. So when you start going into the nitty gritty of it, or perhaps not, there's definitely quantity there, but in terms of the, 
you know, to use Brendan's favourite word, quality, it, it might be maybe lacking for it, considering how much there is still to play for between now and the end of the season. So I think um, we couldn't come in and that's where, that's hopefully where he's going to have that, that impact. Although, just our luck, um, it wasn't until I was just about to go on here we found out that he's uh, potentially not going to be fit for this weekend. So, that's just I mean, it, 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 lens, it? it destroys the headline of the show. Kuhn arrives in time for Bucky Fisser. Will he start? Obviously not, but we'll have to talk about Nick, Nicholas Kuhn. Like, I mean, he's, he's the latest signing. But, Jed, I mean, Willie came in the comments there and he was referenced in the press conference where he said he likes to go one-on-one or take on two people at the same time, which is fantastic. He seems a confident guy. And he was name-dropping all these superstars like Lewandowski and all them types of players he's trained with at Bayern Munich, played with at Ajax. And then he name-dropped Marvin Comper as well, which was just an absolute... I don't know why he even said that. Don't I mean, the missing man who was at Celtic, he still got a league medal. But with, with the, the five-and-a-half-year contract, it's look, it's a strange number, right? But does that give an inkling of what Celtic hoped for him? Or is it just the norm now that we hand these kind of long contracts out to these so-called project players, hope to have two good seasons, then you can capitalise on the, the transfer fee further down the line. Yeah, I think that's 100% right, Stephen. I think it is. They're trying to protect an asset, hence why Kyogo, um, Atati, etc. all got the new contracts at the beginning of the season. It's just to add a, hopefully put another zero at the end when they, when they do go. Um, like I touched on earlier, I, I did think there were more pressing areas to be we needed players in and I actually forgot to mention a striker we open away. We've only got one recognised striker at the moment. God forbid if anything happens to Kyogo. Who 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 we got? We've got some big games mm-hmm. coming up. You know. Now I don't we're gonna to have to start Kyogo. But Matt and Sunday, but my worry is we're really short up front. And with my head being uh, my head being away, I know you can go up uh, I think Japan's going to get knocked out, so hopefully they'll be back sooner rather than later. But uh, I just hope, but but almost two weeks left to, to go. I hope Rogers and the board have got something up their sleeve because if we only get one player in, I'm sorry, it's just not good enough. Especially next the end of this season, Champions League's going to be the biggest windfall for any Scottish club. I, I totally agree, and it's sixty million pounds, isn't it? Basically guaranteed next season when you're when you're qualifying for the Champions League, James. And I think Jed's right. And Brisman comes in with a great point here. We have ten wingers, hacks of benefits, still to come back. Terrible squad management and recruitment, guys. Let's be honest. Are you off the same lines as that one, James? Would you go along with that kind of thinking? Aye, aye, definitely. Um, guys like Yang, don't get me wrong. Injuries haven't helped, um, but I, I don't think when we signed Yang that anybody really would have been expecting him to get as much game time in the games as well that, that he has played. Um, James Forrest probably shouldn't have been given a, a new contract. Mikey Johnson probably wouldn't get a game for a junior team. Um, Haksibanovic, that's another one, gave a kind of decent contract to. And don't get me wrong, I, I took a bit of stick um, on a Jungle Jones podcast because I actually don't mind Haksibanovic. Um, I know he kind of threw a wee kind of hissy fit um, on Twitter or Instagram, whatever it was. So he's probably well at the door as well. But I, I think he'd probably be similar to a Palmer. Palmer's obviously better, but kind of similar type of players. But there's plenty of players wide. Then we've got the issue as well with Maida. If, um, 
uh, Kuhn's coming in, sorry, to play in the right wing, do we then maybe class Maeda as a striker? And then the ball That's what I was thinking. Is that I, his plan? I, that, that could be it, mate, because we've seen it pre-season as well, and I think we've seen it at the start of the season for a wee period as well. Um, but it would just be like us, though, to, to sign a winger and then think that takes care of the, the striker. Um, but nah, as Jed says, I, I just hope there's a lot more to come. Yeah, and it's it's weird, Anthony, because in the comments as well, and even between ourselves, like we're we're happy there's a new signing, but I think it's more the fact that it's what what date we on the nineteenth of Jan. It was confirmed yesterday, so eighteen days in, we we got a signer through the door, and but this guy Kuhn was linked very early on. The deal obviously takes a while to be completed, and there just seems to be. I wouldn't say maybe a lack of urgency, but there's no other... And we're going to come on the goalkeepers now, but, but there's no other names that are standing out to be like, yeah, this is the next one coming in, or we can be sure that he's looking at a striker. Because I, I agree with you, Ed and James. And while, again, Kuhn looks good, and on paper, the five-and-a-half-year deal kind of marks his potential and what Celtic hope to gain from him, if all goes well, because I know that's a recruitment model and things. But it's they're neglecting areas of the squad that every fan can see plainly that needs attention. Striker was probably the main one in the January transfer window because we've lost O. And even at O, as a backup striker, he's not really the, the full article yet. Kyogo is one shoulder injury away from being out all season on the treatment table. And then, as James said, I think the planet is to move Maeda in as a striker and, and keep him there because he done it in pre-season. And Maeda actually looked quite well. He plays there for Japan. Could that be his thinking? You bring in Kuhn and you move Maeda into that third spot as a striker? It's, it's obviously it's an option. It's not necessarily what I would go for as my first choice, but uh, you know, in, in the absence of Kyogo. But listen, it's definitely there's definitely a chance there that it could happen, Stephen. There's no there's no question about that. Um, in terms of the the window itself, I I, I do agree. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I wasn't expecting major surgery in this window. Whether it could be argued that we we need it or not. Um, and I suppose you could twist the, the argument either way um, because it is frustrating that there's no European football and that maybe in that is on the back of a previous poor window, which is a, a, is an absolute fair point to make. But here and now, the cold tab facts is between now and May, there is only d- domestic football to be played. Um, I've, I've, I've been never of as much as we can see that Joe is, at heart is not the goalkeeper that he was, I think there's, there's still more than enough there domestically. And I think there would be, you know, we've seen on another scale, you know, down south, the the risks of changing goalkeepers. Well, it's not, well, you know, Arteta has been doing it since the autumn. Um, this, this silly game that he seems to be insisting on playing between the boy that he signed on loan for Brentford and, and Aaron Ramsdale. Um might be old school thinking, but I just think you don't you don't change unless there was a, an absolutely horrific decline in form. Um, I, I don't have an argument for changing Joe Hart until the summer, and in, in which but so that the argument might be to bring one in in January with a case of almost just getting up to speed with the intention of him being the number one in the summer. But whether he wants to go down that route, I'm not sure. And and Greg Taylor is much the same as well. I mean. I, I thought he was very good in the derby, I have to say, and also at, um, at St Mirren away. He seems to have been coming back into a bit of forum just as, you know, we were going into the, the, the break. 
Um, of course, we can always improve. We can improve every area of the pitch, but obviously that's two guys that are that are very much. I, you know, I wrote that in my sentence is that they're under kind of constant scrutiny. Um, but I, I do agree with it with the guys in terms of I would prefer us to get another striker, and I think that's the one area of the pitch at the moment that needs a bit of reinforcement. And like you say, there's no real concrete name coming out. Um, both clubs were linked with Lauren Shankland. Um, and, we've, you know, in previous shows, we've made cases for and against them joining both clubs, to be fair. Um, but, you know, we also, you know, we heard, you know, there was early rumours back in kind of early December about Mayofsky from Aberdeen that would require a, a Scottish record to transfer. That seems to have died away. Obviously, Big Pierre was at the when we played Feyenoord in the Champions League. He was there as a guest the honour, and obviously, Rumor Mill went into overdrive. Is that him trying to you know help broker a deal for Sydney? His son to come in, um, and even just um, in the last couple of days, I've heard of uh, a potential for Lyndon Dykes as well. So there's all sorts of oh, no. Jesus you, God. You, you know what these rumours? You know it's 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 your favourite time of year, Stephen, when Twitter goes into overdrive. But uh, listen, there, there's no standout player that I'm like, we need we need to go and get him Pure, possibly on my own ignorance as well I don't I don't know enough about Sidney Van Hoy don't to know how good a player he is or you know whether or not your your guys from the from the Scottish um, side of things if, if they would necessarily fit into the way Brendan wants to play but if um, we, we just don't know what's going to happen between now and the end of the window but I don't imagine there'll be a huge amount of activity coming in the way but if there is at least one then I would I personally would um, look to bring in somebody um, up front Yeah and I, I do agree with that we're going to obviously come on the goalkeepers and things we've been linked with as well and James let's look at the wingers Anthony briefly mentioned it earlier but if I read them out nah, nah, there's probably more here but this is off the top of my head there's Palma, Kuhn, Mieta Yang, Mikey, Forrest Tilio. I mean you talk about possessions that are well stacked. You're laughing because you know what I'm going to ask you. Where do the likes... I mean, if you're trying to trim the squad, and I, I, I looked at Brendan Rogers' uh, press conference today, just like we quotes that came out from it, and he said the plan was always to add to the squad and not lose any players. But then on, on the on the face of it, he said before January that he wants to trim the squad. So again, what kept, what's he running with with, with that? And if, if you look at... Let's, let's take Yang, Mikey, Forrest and Tilio, for example, the four kind of outliers within Mieta, Kuhn and Palma. Like, where do their futures lie? I mean, Mikey's been here, what, 90 years? He gets <laughs> chance after chance. Do you know what I mean? Forrest, that, let's be fair, he's going to remain around the squad and he's probably just going to be there until he retires. Tilio, he's come out and said he's the fittest he's ever been. He's not getting a look in, albeit a wee cameo appearance. And Yang... Albeit I think Yang looks like he has potential and he has that kind of off-the-cuff energy that I like. He's never really starting games. It's all Palma, Mieta, or Abada as well to throw in the mix there. So what what do you do if, if, if Rogers doesn't want to lose players but he said he wants to trim the squad? Do you know what I mean? It's, where do we go from here with, with that amount of wingers? Probably taking Palma, well, Palma and Kunton out of the equation at that list there. If any of them were to be sold or loaned or whatever, the, the Mora... You wouldn't really bat an eyelid. I mean, Tilio for me is just an absolutely pointless signing. I don't think he was ever going to be good enough. If I'm being honest, um, I think I'd probably put Yang in that bracket as well. Um, you could argue he's looked better than Tilio, but it's purely just because we've seen more of him. Um, but 
it's really kind of much of a muchness. Mikey Johnson, just I've never, never understood it. I never will understand it. Uh, honestly, I don't think he got a game for my fives team. I, I just don't get it at all. Um, James Forrest, as I say, probably shouldn't have got a, a new contract. So as much as we always heard about the the great squad depth and all that, and we've got good squad depth in terms of numbers, but we're miles and miles away from it in terms of quality. Um, even if, if you look through the squad, maybe been a wee bit harsh here, but Anthony Ralston just doesn't really date for me either. And I understand he's, he's probably not going to take Johnson's place, but for me, I, I just think we should be shooting higher than, than Tony Ralston. Um, you could probably argue that he had a, a purple patch under Ange, and I'm not going to say he was he, he was anything but brilliant because he was excellent for that spell. But again, he's got a new deal off the back yet. Stephen Welsh, I've defended Stephen Welsh before. Um, I don't think he's ever really let us down, but kind of similar to Liam Scales as well. Are these guys going to be the answer kind of long term moving forward? Then it's, I know you need these kind of players. We've spoken about like the homegrown quota and things like that, but I don't know, man. It's just, we've got the numbers, but I just threw it the squad. I don't really see it in terms of quality, arguably apart from centre mid, but even there you've got guys at home that we haven't really seen a lot of as well. So we've got the numbers, but I just think we're so bloated and we could probably lose five, six, seven, eight players the more and we wouldn't notice the difference. I mean, James James McCarthy's not even had a mention, do you know what I mean? And uh, so, so just think, like, and the players that's been mentioned there, as I say, just think of the, the wages that they'll be on, bearing in mind that mm. they've either signed bumper contracts when they've come in, or they've had a wee purple patch and get new deals off the back yet. So, I bloated. But, but James, you know, I personally believe that Ralston, Forrest and I are still here because of Europe, you know, for home-based players, for the squad. I know you've got a certain amount. I, I personally think that because you're you're one hundred percent right. They are not, and I don't think they're good enough to be Celtic players. For has been a great exception, but he has he's he's done now. Funnily enough, I, was, I don't even know if it was maybe in the group chat, I don't know if you'd have maybe seen it, Stephen, but um, I'm sure it was McGinty we were talking about it the other day, and it's something I think that always kind of annoys McGinty like when people speak about the homegrown quota and things like that, because I don't know the ins and outs of it, but he basically said that if Forrest, Ralston, Welsh, these kind of guys weren't here, then all we would need to do is just go into the B team and it'd be guys like Mitchell Frame because you don't really need to register them as such because they're under a certain age. So I, I don't know. McGinty's the, the man to talk to for that. But um, I, I, even within Scotland, though, I think there's players that we could sign that would be, be better. Um, obviously, the, the rumours of Josh Doy, John McGinn back in the day was the obvious one. But we, we just kind of seem to turn our nose up at it now and again. And it is a strange one, right? And we're taking different avenues here, which is great. And Jed, to follow off the back of what James said, as Josh Dodds, I think he's moving to Marseille. He's getting his move to, to the French League off the back of his performances in the Italian League. Um, you've got Lewis Ferguson, who's played his trade over there. You've got even our own uh, Henderson. Liam Henderson went there very early on. He's done quite well. You, you, there's different players from Scotland that went there. And I think Rocco Vada is the next in a long line that are going to apply their trade in Italian football. Do you think there is a snobbery now towards Scottish football? Now, 
the, for me, the reason might, might be, and Anthony touched upon it, the Miofsky thing. Aberdeen were going to look for a record transfer there. And Miofsky, for me, wouldn't be a starter for us. So I can understand maybe the board and Rogers going, I'm not paying four and a half million quid for Boyan Miofsky to sit in the bench when we can maybe go somewhere else in a different league to pay that amount of money, for example, for Akun, who different positions albeit, but someone to come in and make an impact on the team. And then you look at the likes of Shankland. I'm sure Hearts, that they've tried to break their wage structure according to their uh, chief executive to keep him. So again, they'll be looking for a hefty transfer fee for him. And I'm all for it. I get called the SPL scout all the time by everybody because I'm looking at players and I think they could do a job and Anthony knows it. You know I mean? Porteous for ages. I wanted him. He's left. He's went to Watford. A few other players as well. But do you think there is a, a snobbery night towards Scottish football in terms of transfers? Or do you think it's just merely we're being priced out of deals? Especially if you look at the Miofsky one. Well, let's be devil's advocate for a minute. Uh, Aberdeen should be trying to get top dollar for the best player. Because they're going to have to replace us. I don't have any qualms at Aberdeen saying, no, that's that's their market value. If you want them, that's what you need to pay. Now, you're right with what you're saying. Is he going to walk into your team? I doubt it. But with all of these things I've said numerous times, spending a million pounds or £10 million doesn't guarantee anything. They could be they could be terrible players. Well, the million pound could turn out to be the best thing to slice bread, and the £10 million could be a dud. You are, you are taking a risk with every signing you bring to a football club. So, uh, yeah, we, I feel as though we have lost out. Uh, I actually quite like Portis. I've always said, he. I thought he'd be really good to see what a good experience centre half beside him. I thought he'd do a good job for us. Doig, I would have definitely paid four, four and a half million pounds for him to bring him over to the left back. He's got SPA, he's got SPF experience. He's obviously went, he's probably got more technical experience now. We've been out in Italy with the coaching and things like that. For me, I thought it, was a, it would have been a no brainer going for him. Hey, no language barriers. He knows what Scottish football is all about. I, I'm, I'm disappointed we didn't go for him. But there is, and there is Scottish players out there who I do think do a job. People playing in SPL doing a job. But guys, can I ask you a question? What's like, Slag, and I, including all the viewers, was Slag saying no, Lawrence Shannon isn't good enough for Celtic? Would you want to go into Rangers? Genuine question. Would you want I, honestly, I, 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 Jared, I, I honestly couldn't give a shit where he goes, and that includes Rangers. Because I always say it, and it's not to be blunt or, or put, put that down, because it's a great question, and James and Alfie, you can throw the 2p in in a minute here. But if we keep doing our job and we keep winning our games, then effectively we're, we're winning the league. So, I mean, Lawrence Shankman is a, is a good goal scorer. I'll give him that. But out with that, he's, for me, he's very slow. His link-up play is the greatest. And if he goes to if he goes to the Rangers, so be it. I mean, they had big big Alfredo for three a good few years. He was banging them in, but it didn't really make an impact on us because we were still being successful and winning league titles. It, it's it's almost like when you think back to it, remember the whole Scott Brown thing that they thought they were going to get him. We got him. He significantly improved us. Scott McDonald done the same. I'm just not worried because Shankland. As I said, it's a great goal scorer, but I don't think he'd make a major difference. And I know that, that coming across the fact that they create lots of chances and, and things like that. But at the end of the day, so does Celtic. 
And if the service is right to Kyogo, if the service is right to, to Matt O'Reilly, we're scoring goals for fun. Do you know what I mean? And I get why people might be concerned. And look, again, I'll go back to it. I think for me anyway, Jed, I, I won't speak for James now. If they, we just do our job and we can continue winning, we shouldn't really be worried what they do across the road. Yeah, the, the thing for me with Shankland, I, 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 I wouldn't be against signing Shankland, but the prices that are quoted, I think, is absolutely it's absolutely madness. Was it five million they were speaking about and things like that? I wouldn't mind taking a punt in Shankland at maybe one or two million. But see, for me, I, th- I think actually somebody might have said that own Clyde. It's almost as if Shankland's in a a purple patch in his career, and that's maybe no fair because he did. I know he scored a few goals in the championship and stuff like that, but you're talking about the last 18 months, like he had a good season last season, he scored, what was it, 20 mm. goals or something, but I think fucking 21 of them were penalties, and then this season, he hasn't scored as many to be fair, as many penalties, but he's kind of stepped up, so really, he's only got, well, I'll give him benefit of doubt, and I'll say 18 months, he's got 18 months worth of Scottish Premiership football behind him, what age is Shanklin? 27, 28 or something like that? But yeah. pr- prior to like, the last kind of 18 months, he, his best football was played in, in the Scottish Championship. And obviously he went to Belgium as well and flopped and came back home six months or a year later. So I, I think Shanklin would score goals for us. But if we were serious about going for him and five million was the asking price, I, I think that would be, be madness. I mean, you just need to look at Aberdeen, kind of similar to that put me off skiing the same boat in terms of the price. I wouldn't pay the, the money they're asking for him. And that's not to say that I don't think he's a good player. I, I think Miofsky would score goals for us as well. But um again that he's had a good season this year. He was decent last season. But you look at that duck or Duke, whatever he was called for Aberdeen, he was getting <laughs> he was getting quoted with moves to, to Burnley and things last season. Obviously they're playing in the Premier League in England now. And he can't get a game for Aberdeen now, so it, it's kind of like it could genuinely just be a purple patch. But I, I wouldn't be against signing Shankland or Miofsky, but it would need to be well, well below the asking price that's quoted. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. I'll, I'll answer your question as uh, Stephen as well as um, the one uh, Jed asked. So to, to start with, I, I, I can understand where you're coming from, but I think all in all, I don't think there's a Maybe there is but amongst a certain section of support, but I don't ever think there's necessarily been a snobbery with with Celtic as a club. You're looking at the best kind of talent, either for, either from a Scottish nationality point of view or just who play their trade in the SPL. I mean, you look at some of the players we've brought in, just to think over the years, a whole different range of managers. You know, you look at, you know, obviously there was ones that got away, even though we went for them, like you're, you know that we wanted them, John McGinn, and we, we know how that ended up. But you look at Ryan Christie, you look at David Turnbull, um, Paul Hartley, Barry Robson, Lee Griffiths. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even back in the you know the, the glory days of Martin O'Neill, he went to and plucked. Um, he, he wanted James McFadden. Um, it didn't quite work out, but we ended up with Stephen Pearson, who was just as you know he was lauded as well. And you know, they they made what they did of their of the the opportunity that they got. So I think there's Celtic will always look to, you know, closest to home and in, in ways of trying to, you know, strengthen the squad. And because I think we always, you know, like our, our captain himself, Cal, Cal McGregor, you know, and we've had 
some great Scottish talent um, that's went down south as well or, or elsewhere that, that's kind of really made their name at Celtic. So I think all in all, there's there's not a snob. There is maybe one or two that have slipped under the radar, like you know, Porteous, it's it's a fair enough example. I know you were always um you always kind of bang the drum for for Aaron Hickey as well, who's having a great doing a great um career over in, in I think can't remember what, which Italian club he's Brentford. at. I know he's always yeah, he's, he's doing well. Uh, yeah, and then now and is now at Brentford, yeah. So there's you're never you're never going to get them all. But I think we, we do try and you know Get get the best we can from the um, from the Scottish um, SPL, and I do agree with what Wally's saying there. It, to, to be fair, in terms of um, Shank, like, I I know what Jed's meaning in terms of him signing um, for for Rangers, and and I think that the thing is you could understand like that they're crying out for a goal scorer right now. That's that's one of the things that's truly hampering them, and there's no doubt that, that um, Lauren Shankland is a a really good finisher, um, as he's as he's proved. So I think there is more of a case for them signing him than there is us. I, w- I would say, but as as I said earlier, I do think that we need a striker to to come in to to, to be there as at least at the very least a backup. Um, and some of the fees, uh, you know, like, like you say, Aberdeen are more than um, that, that's their gift to to want a certain amount of money for Mayovsky or Harps regarding Lauren Shankland um, doesn't mean we, we have to pay it. So it, it's one of those ones. I do think we need a striker and I think those two would, you know, they would do a job for, for wanting a better term. But as the guys say, I, I, I don't think they would necessarily improve our starting 11. But Shankland would improve Rangers starting 11. I don't think there's any, any doubt about that. So if he's not coming to us, I'd rather he went somewhere down south and um, yeah. played his trade there. That's my thought, exactly. I don't want him going to Rangers because yeah, I think he will score a lot of goals there. I would prefer if he went away somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of them things, isn't it? They'll get a good goal scorer, but I do genuinely believe we would still do the job and hopefully win the league title when, when push comes to shove. And according to big... Uh, Clementine across the road that he's finally coming around and, and changing the mood music and saying they're not the most wealthy club in the world. We all knew that, but he's finally coming out and saying that. So you never know what their plans are. Maybe they'll have another share issue and raise some confetti funds for the rest of the, the transfer window. But just to kind of round up and coon said, again, a lot of tangents, a lot of wee avenues. I do love it. Everyone getting involved in the, in the comments and stuff. But quite simply, do, do you think this we can safely say this is a a Brendan Rogers signing after his his uh, kind of quotes about him saying that he's quality that kind of quality in the final third that we need. He knows the areas he can help him out and, and improve him in, and that he's been watching him. Or do you think it's kind of <laughs> one lame ones that Mark Lowell's went to him and went, we've got this guy, he looks decent, have a look at him, and then it's kind of one like a recruitment signing, if recruitment things signing. But Stephen, if you look, he's all the signings that he brought in. And Obama, they're going to improve the team. You know, Lager Bielka, you know, he was raving about him. Now he's, but if, if the rumours are right, he's wanting another fan. I, I honestly don't know if this is a Brendan Rodgers sign. I really don't, because he said the same for all the signings. Now, is he, is he just following company rules? Look, you've got to say this. I, I, I think. 
people are saying Rogers will walk away, walk away. I don't know. I, I really don't know because of the way he left the last time. Is he really willing to do that again? I, I honestly don't know. And I hope it's a Brendan Rogers signing. But I really can't answer that question, Stephen, because I don't know. I think that's a pretty good way to sum it up, James. Nobody knows. And I'd say in his press conference today, I think he was referencing Mark Lowell and they're working close together to make moves and players, but only the right players. We've heard that kind of before. And as Dad said, is he towing the party line in terms of making it look, come across it as your signing? And it's again, you don't want to like not trust him. You want to believe him. But if you go back to what Jed said, the summer transfer window, he said about Larga Belga, he said it about Tilio, about his potential, he said about and the multitude of players we brought in, and bar maybe two of them that haven't been impacted on the squad. And I can I can understand why people are a wee bit not underwhelmed, but thinking, is this a Roger signing, or is this another line of the recruitment draws that we've been kind of fed in the last eighteen months? Mate, if I'm being perfectly honest, if Brendan Rodgers told me it was raining outside, I'd get up and look out the window. Um, I, I, I just, I, I, as we spoke about after the kind of the quiz night, I, I wish we'd just filmed that and we could just slide that in here. That he, he's done it before. He's come up, and he's, he's played Thor and music, and he's can go to his own board and all that, and then done a run on the middle of the night. I know, obviously, when Andrew was here, he said the stuff about Tommy Burns and like, how long he was going to be here, yada, yada, yada. I would be surprised. So, uh, you can't really trust anything managers say, and that's, maybe as a slight in Brendan Rodgers a wee bit, but just in general with football managers, I think you've got to take anything they say with a pinch of salt. But with that being said, uh, it seems to be a bit of a, kind of a breakaway for the kind of Asian markets and things like that or the city group connections. So maybe we actually do <laughs> maybe we actually do have um, a scouting department that, that look elsewhere. Um, but uh, as you say it's hard to tell as as Jed was saying as well, he said all this stuff about quality in the summer and it just seems to be the kind of the buzzword for the moment because he said that all the summer and then he sat at the AGM and he defended the 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 recruitment in the summer is as Jed was saying talk about Lagerbilk and things like that. And then when the results kinda went in a wee a wee kinda slippy slope, that was when he started throwing stuff not throwing his toys at the pram, but he was kinda throwing like shade at the board and things like that. And I said at the time, you can't play both sides. You either need to like, just put your colours in the mast and say the recruitment hasn't been good enough or defend the recruitment, you, you can't do both sides and th- that's that's my issue to be honest because we keep hearing about this fucking quality and we could go out and sign Lauren Shankland the more it'll be quality, we'll go out and sign a 17 year old to Man City on loan it'll be quality, it's it's just what happens, it's just the buzzword for the moment, like, if we're being honest and again, I'll probably cop a bit of flack, is Kuhn a quality signing? Like, a quality signing to me is maybe in the 70-10 million and don't get me wrong, signing up a player for a lot of money doesn't automatically make them a good player. We've been stung, obviously, with Barkas and things like that. But for me, it's a player that is signing and you know they're going to walk into the first team and probably make a difference. You've got confidence in them. And we've all sat and if I'm being honest, I, th- I think you'll probably share the right wing spot with Maida. But the games against um, Rangers and probably in Europe next year, I imagine Maida will get the nod just for what he does defensively. So, 
Time will tell me it, but I, I don't know, mate. I think I'm just in a bit of a downer with the one day as a whole so far. It just feels <laughs> as if we've seen this movie before, honestly. Um, and if he says quality again, it's just it's just the, the buzzword at the moment. Everybody's quality when they sign, but until they get in the park, that's when when we'll really see it. You, you've James. made Alfie an angry. He's, he managed to smash his glass in the space of two seconds. <laughs> 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 nice <laughs> but James, see, Go ahead, yeah, bang on, bang on what, what, you're, what you've said there, but let's be honest, see if Jota and um, Carl uh, Starfelt was still there. None of these signings we had in the summer would have, would have even been in their team now. Injuries have, have allowed um, scales in. Palmer's took Jota's place, but Jota, Palmer is not an upgrade in Jota. It's not. So no, air, squad, air squad is weaker than now and what it was this time last year. No, a hundred percent. I I don't disagree with that at all. Um I, I think we're 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 not as good as we were last year. Um just to touch on what Strange Love was saying there. I take that on board as well, but he's had a, a good career to this point. These clubs have, have let him go for one reason or another. I, I'm not saying we're going to go and sign a Bayern Munich first-team player or any day club's first-team players, but these clubs have let him go. And I, I'm not saying the guy's a bad player. I, I don't know anything about the guy, if I'm being honest. I've seen a couple of YouTube videos. I, I like what I see. That That's not what I'm saying. I, I think the guy could be a cracking signing. I, I don't know. But my point is, we keep hearing this word quality, 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 quality. But then we keep hearing about this bargain basement, two, three million odd pounds. That could be, we could be sitting here in six months and saying the exact same about Kuhn. We could be sitting in six months and saying he's excellent. But look, mm. when we signed, don't get me wrong, it is different because we were on loan. We knew what we were getting. But when we signed Carter Vickers and we signed Jota for seven, eight, nine million pounds, whatever it would be, that was quality. That was somebody that was coming in walking into the first team. Even Joe Hart at the time, he was coming in, signing signing for the first team. Don't get me wrong, I think you could have plucked some out the crowd and they've been upgrade on Barkas at the time. But that that to me is is what quality is. Quality is something that's going to come in and, and make a tangible difference. And the fact that we've sat here in right wing no say it wasn't a priority, but it would have been on the list, but it would have been been well well doing it. Yeah. Um, and that's just that fucking word that's really irritating me because we're, we're hearing it every press conference. But it, like we're saying there, like quality. What what is a quality player to Celtic? Do you know what I mean? Like we're not going to go out and sign genuine world class players. Of course we're not. But it's the fact that we're sitting there. We we've got seventy million in the bank. We've got circa a hundred million if you include this year's Champions League money. We're then playing for sixty million next year if we win the league. So are we honestly saying that there is not anybody out there that we can find that is a better goalkeeper than Joe Hart or a better goalkeeper than, than Greg Taylor? Uh, a better goalkeeper than Joe Hart or a better left-back than Greg Taylor? It's just the, the full thing as a whole that is really, really irritating me. And it's that word, just that word, quality. What is genuinely, I'll ask that to you, is what is quality for Celtic? Wow, it's, it's look... It's, it's a multitude of things. And I, I remember be, sitting here before and arguing with Willie and Ross, everyone really about what quality looks like for Celtic. And for me, I think McFarlane nailed it. We won't ever sign top quality, 
but the next level would be a start. And Anthony, if you look at, and I mean, we're all happy Nicholas Kuhn signed. Again, it's 50-50, make it or not, but it's still a new signing in the door. You penned an article via the Celtic blog today on behalf of the the Cells podcast about the, the time for us to come together and get behind the team for the second part of the season. And you can see it between Zed and James, and even in the comments, people are asking for top quality. They're, they're asking for the Champions League player, the bracket of seven to ten million pounds. And you sat and took it all in with your, with your smashed glass. What, what, what's, what, what's, your, what, what, what's your take on it? I, I mean, because for, from my point of view, I said it down blue in the face. I always believe we should be speculating the accumulating sometimes, maybe take a chance once or twice a year, spend that wee bit extra to see what we can bring in. And I'm not writing off Nicholas Kuhn. I'm happy that he's come in because he, he looks pacey. He looked like he looks like he can take a player on and get in positions and maybe the service to Kyogo will improve and his goal return will improve. But then you see James and Zed uh, being frustrated in the comments. People are frustrated. And you're talking about unity in, in the blog you wrote today. And it's 50-50 to me in terms of what the fans are feeling and thinking at the minute, being 18 days into the transfer window. No, the, the the point I was I was trying to make is that, I mean of course you know we we don't um, we don't we certainly don't all all speak with one voice. That's one of the one of the great strengths about the about the Celtic support. It's um, it's a diverse you know broad range of opinions and and it's great that you know shows like this and you know other other outlets gives everyone that you know that option to to be and, and the opportunity to be able to to, to, to say what they're thinking about any and other current situations. I, as I said earlier, I don't know enough about um like I haven't seen him play enough to be absolutely rest assured that this this guy's the the answer, but I'm, I'm more than willing to, to to give him a chance. And listen I, I, I would I would absolutely yeah you're absolutely bang on Kieran the debate's all good and I get the whole Carter Vickers and, and Jota um Examples, but we've got to remember that both of the guys were plucked for the reserve teams of their respective, you know, teams. It wasn't until we'd seen them in the flesh for a year that we realised these guys are absolute top. These guys will will bed straight into the team. And fair play, Celtic. It was you know it was, I think it was six million and six and a half respectively for for each one. They went out and spent that in the in the one window. Amongst the, and other players came in in, in that window um, as well. So, I think if the deal is is right and the deals uh, there is a chance to to do it, uh, and it's in the best interest of the club, I I I, I, I totally agree that I, I would love nothing more for us to be to be doing that on a more consistent basis. But without it, it isn't always as, as simple as that. And I I think I I agree there is across the board there's places that we can improve on, but. As I said earlier, I don't think there was ever going to be a huge outlay in this window. Um, I know it's a cliche, but normally cliches are at least bounded in, in some form of truth. But January is rarely, we, we rarely have many January window success stories, not just Celtic, but across the board. Because as any, you know, if you, any podcast that you listen to that, that involves ex-players or or ex-owners um, or, or ex-managers, you know, as Wally was recommending on Monday night, the overlap's brilliant. Um, and as much as they're not um, Celtic fans' biggest, um, you know, you know, most favourite characters, I do like the Simon Jordan and Graham Soonis one, where they talk about, you know, ownership and management and, and all different things. And 
the the term that he used to describe the January window is a fire sale in, in a, a lot of ways. You, you will always get great get good deals, and I would argue, obviously, Ange, you know, with the trio that he got in early doors, um, or at least two of the three um, in his first January window um, worked out. But again, that was from uh, an area where he knew really well and of course, the 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 market, you know, because of the the tape play at different points in the season, um, the the calendar year's different, so the opportunity was there to get those guys in. So every deal's different, as Jed says, every deal's a risk. Um, but I'm I'm hearing enough, and you can only go with what your 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 gut says. That I think that this guy is is going to be one that's going to improve the first team, shall shall we say? Yeah. Uh, can I, sorry, sorry, Stephen. I see we've been in a lot tonight. I mean, no, it's I, good, man. I think what the club, in my personal opinion, what the club should be doing this window, because it has worked well for us in the past. The loan with the option to buy. We've mentioned Carter Vickers. We've mentioned Jota. Edward. Now Bernard, we've got him on a loan to buy. Personally, I would buy him now at the end of the season because I think he's done enough. What I've seen of him, I think he wants paying that money for him. It gives us the opportunity without laying out loads of money, but getting a getting a loan with an option to buy, we will get first first dabs on of priority. And if it works out, then we can do it. That's the that's the way I would be going down the now. Because like we've all said, January's not a great window. So let's look at a loan with the option to buy at the end of the season. Yeah, it has it. It has worked out well for us in the past, but that again takes the other club to be willing to that go of an asset on loan, on the on the likelihood that we're going to take that option to buy as well. If they have the option to sell first, I think they would always sell first in a roundabout way. But I mean, James, I'm going to throw the fire back to you because I think we're all similar thing when it comes to the transfer stuff. And Jay brought up Pablo Bernardo, and one of the possessions Bernardo plays in is midfield, and he's linking up really well with Matt O'Reilly. Last night, I think it broke that on Sky Sports that uh, league leaders in the Liga, albeit having the flash in the pan se- the season, by the looks of it, uh, Girona are in the form, along with the likes of Inter Milan, Leeds and Leicester, and another unnamed Spanish top club, according to the, the outlets that I've been seeing anyway. It's, <laughs> it's, it's almost typical that this happens all the time with Celtic and players that they get linked away for big moves and club record fees and I've seen a lot of theories online about the Girona one. Me personally, I think the link probably comes from the City Group because they obviously own them. And maybe they're saying try him in a different league, pay top dollar for him, and then maybe City down the line would take the punt on him. Look, that's obviously wild thinking, but that's only kind of jigsaw piece I can see there for them to be interested and afford that transfer. <laughs> Where do you stand on it? I mean, is it typical Celtic? Would that appraise that set go in January? And that replace him is is Bernardo the direct replacement? As Jed said, he would spend the money on him. Is there a link there if we that matter ready go? We'll have Paolo in the two replace him, so to speak. I I think I actually said that on here a few weeks ago. Um, that I, I think that Bernardo could be O'Reilly's replacement. I was thinking it'd be more in the summer. I think O'Reilly's a certainty to be away in the summer. Um, I was going to say I'd be surprised if O'Reilly goes, but if if the Offer comes in, I don't know what you'd be talking, 20 plus probably, to let him go mid-season. But I think if the offer comes in, I, I don't think we'll knock it back. Um, in terms of replacing him with Bernardo, uh, I, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't say right now, I would I would definitely sign him up. He, don't get me wrong, he has come into a good wee spell of form the last couple of weeks, but prior to that he was pretty anonymous. I know he didn't really have a run of games, but if he can keep it up over the next kind of four, six weeks, if he's still in the team uh, starting, then I had to have had no problem, uh, problem spending the money on signing him up for the, the long term. But would you take him as a replacer for O'Reilly, though? I mean, would you would you be willing to let him go in January? Like, because for me, I think that would oh, be no. no. I think it'd be suicide to let O'Reilly go. Um, probably O'Reilly's been our player of the season to this point so far. Um, so I think it'd be be stupid to let him go. But if an offer comes in, I don't think O'Reilly will have much to say in the matter. If we get an offer, what twenty twenty five million, I think he'll be away. We've seen it in the past with like Tierney and things like that. I know it was yeah. in was in January, but. If if the money's on the table, then I don't see the board knocking it back. And see, just to get back to what I was saying earlier, I fucking sit and think. I'm probably sounds as if I'm on the wrong podcast tonight, but I wasn't thinking it couldn't. As I say, it couldn't could be decent. And I know I had a wee go at Rogers. My, my They're in your Rogers, head, James. They're know, in your head, man. My, my issue with Rogers is just he's 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 used to the word quality, and it's the exact same with the uh, thing we've seen before. My, my main issue is in the boardroom, um, as I'm sure it is with most days. Um, I just think it's scandalous. I think we're fucking run like a bowling club. It's just sheer nepotism. Um, but I, oh, that's for another day. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get that a hundred percent. And and Anthony, I mean, Michael Mitchell came in there and said one week they're trying to sell a batter. Now this week they're trying to sell Riley. Do you think it's a bit of, I don't know, work at play here? Like the media just getting involved in it, or do you think there's substance behind it? When when no one knocked back ten million from Leeds in the summer. His forms just went pump right up. I think Rogers has developed them really well, and he's already a Danish international. He's been playing well in the Champions League. He's our top goal scorer, one of our top goal scorers, and our top assist maker in the team. I just don't want to see him go in January, but I think James is right. If we get a twenty-plus million offer, then I think already will be get a first-class plane to wherever the destination would be. There's definitely a bit of the, the, the media at play. I mean, the media's part of the media's job in Scotland is to you know, either downplay Celtic achievements or try and unsettle Celtic for achieving more, uh, as we find well know, Stephen. Um, but no, the, listen, the, the, I think I'm resigned to, for him going on in the summer and I don't think we need, um, you know, and I think that we're all kind of prepared for that because he's having a, a tremendous season and I've no doubt that offer will come in just at the point when he's, his contract is at its, its maximum. Um Listen, you never say never because you know stranger things have happened. But I would be very surprised if he leaves in the in the January window. Um, whether or not Bernardo's a, a direct replacement, you know, there, you know, there are different types of players. But I, I've, with what I've seen of Bernardo since he's been given a bit more of a settled role in the team, I've liked what I've seen. And if um, if we were to cash in on O'Reilly, whether it be in January or in the summer. I'd have no qualms about um, some of that money going to making the Bernardo deal uh, more permanent. Yeah. And then where do you stand on Matt O'Reilly? Matt, Matt O'Reilly, I mean, yeah, listen, guys, we create this problem ourselves as a club. For us to bring players in, we're, we're saying, look, we're going to give you an opportunity to get shown world guide. You know, you're putting the cell in the, in the window. So, They'll say, do a couple of years with us, and if a decent offer comes in, we'll, we'll say if both parties are happy. Where, where I, I hope to God we don't sell him in January, I think he'll be away in the summer. Oh, that's, I'm saying I hope. I mean, I hope he's with us for a good number of years, but if, if we're going to lose him, I'd rather lose him in the summer 
I mean, but yeah. day one thing, if they do lose in the row, Peter Lawler's going to need extra security size because all the lassies Celtic fans are going to be up with their handbags, <laughs> knock them up and do the police. They see to drive. Not the laddies as well, Jed. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I wouldn't knock them back myself, but. <laughs> but I, 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 do, I, I think that's that's one of the things how we can bring the players in. We're giving them an opportunity, European football, get ourselves in the window, and then get that moved down. And then that's when they still want to go to the English Premiership. Yeah. That's where they want to go. So they use it as a stepping stone. But I just hope mm-hmm. Matt really see it till the summer at least. I think as well, I think the thing about Matt O'Reilly, I think we can all agree on, is, is the character of him. I mean, he went without a club for so long, trained by himself, got his move to MK Dons, worked his way into the team, was one of the best midfield players outside in the Premier League. He's came to us and he's played in a, like, he's played in a number six, number 10, number eight. He's done it all. So I don't think he would make that kind of like, gun-ho decision and be like, I'm going to leave without thinking it through, like rationalising his head. And I think the summer... To my opinion, is the best time to lose him as well because at least you have a lot of time to replace him. And if Bernardo's going to be that guy, I think we need a bigger window to see him in, like the rest of this season, to see if he can step up and keep keep going with the goals and assists that he's doing. But again, that's just one to keep an eye on. And there's a couple of rumours, James, floating about as well here. Celtic are in for uh, two goalkeepers. Well, they're looking at them apparently. Uh, the first one, I've them both at you, Kevin Kelleher. He's the Liverpool goalkeeper. He's 25 from Cork, Ireland. Um, he's played seven games for Liverpool senior ways in the league, I think. And then he's played, well, he has 11 caps for Ireland as well. And then the other goalkeeper which came out of left field was, let me see, Hakun Faldemarsson. I appreciate that. I usually, I usually mess up names, but I thought that was quite good. He is 22 years old and he plays for Ellsberg, which funny enough is the, the former team of Gustav Lagerbjelke, who seems to be going out the door. Is it the case of Joe Hart until the summer? You get rid of Joe, you get rid of Segrist, and potentially, if we're thinking big, we bring in Kevin Kelleher and and Falda Marson as the the two goalkeepers plus being. I I seen a thing. It could just be absolute nonsense to what I talk, but I seen a thing apparently that Liverpool were looking for twenty million for Kelleher. And if I. <laughs> 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 if, if I'm being honest, I, Scrap it. Don't, don't. <laughs> I know he's, he's not played a lot, but anytime I've seen him, he, I don't know why I say he's through them in, but I think there's maybe been questions a couple of goals he's conceded. So that signing, if that's what it's to be, wouldn't he fill me with confidence, to be honest? But obviously, he's, he's got potentially still young for a goalkeeper. The big Icelandic guy, I could not tell you the first thing about. Um, never seen him, never heard of him, don't know. Sign him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, by the looks of the clip that we showed at the start of the podcast, uh, Jed, he looks quite commanding, Falda Marson. He done a wee shimmy as well with the ball. It looks like he can play with the ball with his feet. Again, this is snippets. We know nothing about him either. All, all the link that I can see is he played for Elfsborg. Lagerbelt came from there. He's won a title with Elfsborg as well in Sweden. So there's, there, And he's played for the Icelandic national team. It's, we, we spoke about the goalkeeper session. We speak about it every week. I think Joe Hart, and I've seen Feed the Burr and people like that in the comments saying, keep him till the end of the season. Look, again, ideally ideally, I would replace him now, but I do get that thinking where just give him the end of the season, he'll do a job for us in the league with no European football, and hopefully that will see us through. And then, regardless if it's Kelleher or Falda Marson, you have to agree, Jed, that the goalkeeping position, I think, is 
will become one of the main priorities for for Rodgers in the summer. Well, without a doubt, um, we definitely need to get another keeper. But the two keepers mentioned, they're the only one that I've seen is a Liverpool keeper. And yet, uh, what I've seen so far, yeah, I would definitely take a punt <clears> on him. <throat> However, not the crazy money. That that's that's just again an English Premiership players, mm-hmm. you know, crazy money. I keep, I, I bring up every time. You know, all of it Burnley, 20 odd million pounds. He wouldn't get a game at a junior team in Scotland. He's shite. Yeah, he was 20 odd million. Honestly. So, we do need to get our finger out with the goalkeepers. Yeah. And, Anthony, you're in the goalkeepers' union. I'll just say, I know for a fact that Stephen Rogers came back, Bain was delighted. <laughs> he fucking was. He was. He's. He's. He's pally with Air MD. He's an ex-footballer, and he's pally with him. Then he said he was delighted that he came back because he felt he could get on the bench with him and get the odd game. Oh he wouldn't be number three. Well, he's also got a, a nice and nifty new contract that has never been announced by the club, and he looks like he's going to be there for a few years, hopefully. And then, funny enough, Barcast on an interview this week, and again, he rears his head saying he wouldn't recommend any goalkeeper to come to Celtic. I don't know if that's his pity, like our petty because of what he went through and stuff. And look again, he's doing all right at, at Utrecht, the club he's at at the moment. But he's coming out saying that Valdemar, Valdemar, uh, Kevin Callahar, like you said it. I mean, the goalkeeping, Joe Hart's going to leave one day, and there's rumours he's going to retire at the end of the season or go back to I think Shrewsbury. I think that's the club he, he might want to retire at. So we do have to look at it. It's for me priority. Yeah, yeah, it will be in the summer. Absolutely no question about it. Like the boys, not really got any any you know great expertise on the two that um, were in the clip, the brilliant clip. To uh, fair play, Wally, for putting that all together for the start of the show. Um, but I'd, for what it's worth, I would agree the the Icelandic goalkeeper looked a bit more of a unit. You know, he looked a bit more um, commanding. Don't know about that Liverpool. Keepers, he looked a bit carious uh, for me. Remember that other reserve keeper that used to fling mm. them in for Liverpool. Um, and if, if somebody's asking for twenty million, you know, you just you just put the phone down. That's just that's just absolute ridiculous. Um, but yeah, there's there, there's no doubt that in the summer a new number one will have to, and maybe even a number two if if um, if Seagrass is going to be going as well, um, will have to be um, recruited. And you know, it's you're going to have to be a big personality to, to be the number one at Celtic. You don't get called upon too often, but you've got to make the big saves when, when you do. And um, in terms of um, Barkas, Stephen, I mean, I always, always, you know, as the guy says earlier, take some of these things with a pinch of salt. You don't know where it's been said. You don't know if it's been lost in translation. I've not seen any footage of it. I, I, you know, it's just classic back page of the Daily Record or, you know, something mm. on Twitter or whatever it's called these days. Um, so I, 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 if that's how Barkas feels, then that's how he feels. You know, as long as he's just with not within you know five hundred miles of the Celtic Park goal, then I'm I'm quite happy. But um, listening in the other apparent quotes that he came away with with um, some of the things, you know, he, he did appreciate that he came during COVID times, and he, you know, so you know, people weren't allowed to socialise. It was a you know a crazy time for us all. So if he's you know. Again, it's this, you know, point both sides. He's, he's accepting that it was a crazy time, but because of that isolated crazy time, we wouldn't recommend anybody going to Celtic, any keeper signing for Celtic ever. So, 
listen, um, I, I just wish that I'd I, I, never had to hear from him again. Good luck to the guy. Um, you know, I'm just glad he's no Scottish because then, you know, there would be a potential that he'd be in the national team as well. He's, um, you know, as bad as they come. And, you know, I'm not a fan of goalkeepers, but he really is as bad as I've ever seen at Celtic. And, um, you know, he makes Gordon Marshall look like Gene Laggy Buffon, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, good luck to him. But, you know, stay out of the press and, you know, without sounding Will Smith, keep Celtic's name out your mouth. <laughs> I, I think in, in fairness to Barcast, though, you're saying about him being 500 miles for the Celtic goal. I think that was where he spent most of that West Ham game in the pre-season friendly. So, <laughs> <laughs> Don't have nightmares about that game. <laughs> oh, I think he thought he was I have playing a... midfield. <laughs> he came out with an interview before and he said he wanted to be a left-back. Like, Aye, crazy. He never wanted to be a goalkeeper. I <laughs> must be, said 100%. Left-back in his house, more like, never mind the dressing room. But, I mean, for me anyway, look, I have a sneaky suspicion that Roos from Aberdeen will be a Celtic in the summer. I have a funny feeling that that might happen. I think he's a good keeper. SPL, I think he'd be maybe the next goalkeeper from the SPFL to come to us. I mean, obviously, Faldemarsson and Kevin Kelleher, his name is never away from the Celtic transfer space, so there probably is substance to it. But look, Jay, there's a game coming up. Celtic are back in action. Oh, yes. Celtic are back in action in the Scottish Cup against Bucky Fissel. Um, what a team name! And uh, by the way, are they named after Buckfast? Is that a rumor or that, that no. I just believed? Or it's in between Inverness and Aberdeen. It's a real place. They play El Dorado in the play El Dorado in the local derby. <laughs> <laughs> I read the rumor and it said they're named after Buckfast. Oh Stephen, my god! Do they need to have this lesson again? What <laughs> is <it> real? <laughs> it sounded real, but the Bucky. I ah well. But Jed, uh, you going to the game? Anthony James is all yeah. going, are you? Yeah. Or... yeah. Uh, I'm actually, yeah. you know, I'm, for a, a real time, I'm not going to this. It's my birthday on Sunday, so having some of the family around. Um, so we'll get the the pints poured and we'll be watching it on the uh, watching it on the big screen um, with our via play subscription. You know. Um, so yeah, <laughs> looking forward to it. Um, as I say, it, it's a strange experience when you're watching a, a home game because you're like. Yeah, why am I not there? But nah, um, just I'm going to enjoy it in the the warmth of the house on Sunday. And um, any happy birthday! I'm sure we'll be talking Sunday as well. Do you know what I mean? Thanks when you're much. pissed out, when you're pissed out the back, telling how much you all love us. That's when you still be on it. Pissed, love you. Exactly. <laughs> but Jed, I've seen a lot of things about the lineup, and there's people saying throw a couple of youngsters in, like uh, Frame, give him a chance. Maybe some of the friends players coming back in as well. Home, maybe start Bernardo and home together, bring Turnbull back out from the cold. We can't really jab Kyogo no more because there's no one to bring in. What would you do? Would you go full strength? I mean, we're already in the League Cup and a lot of people are banking on this double. So where would you stand with it? Would you be happy to see a few youngsters in or is it just pedal to the metal, take them seriously and, and get the game over and done with? Well, part of me wants to always think you should start with your strongest 11 and then well especially when you're like five substitutes now if we're a few goals up we can start making substitutions but i do think he'll make a few changes i actually think ralston will probably start and don't be surprised if bain is in goals but Kyogo will start callum mcgregor will start 
in uh, Palmer. So it'll still be a strong team, but I think there'll be maybe four four changes. Four changes. Give me give me your lineup prediction then from goalkeeper to striker. Bain, uh, Taylor, Staff, uh, Staffelt, because I mean um, Scales. <laughs> and you're signing. And uh, Rocky, Ralston, O'Reilly, McGregor, Home, Palmer, Forrest, and Kyogo. Oh, and score. Score prediction? 6-0. 6 nil against... They'll be all paced anyway, going all that buck fast if you're on the way down. <laughs> but James, I mean, yourself, buddy, again, would you go full strength and your score nine up prediction? Uh, nah, I would need... I, I would need... I know that we've not got another striker, but I, I would need risk Kyogo unless absolutely necessary. Uh, I'd go Bain... Uh, Bain... Does he keep Bain the bear on it? Probably not. I, I hope Bain, so. Bain, Taylor, uh, Scales. I think no. I'll go Navrotsky, Lager, Belka. Mate, see, to be honest, I'm just fucking make up after I made. I think he will rest. I think we'll see at home Turnbull frame. I think they'll all come in. Um, I think frame will probably get a start in the wing, and maybe like Forrest or possibly even Mikey Johnson, but I hope no. But I, I do think he will he will rest it because if we get any danger, see if we do go full strength. I know everybody's saying about how special a day it is for Bucky and everything, and I, I get that. But see if we're I mean we done it with Real Betis in the kind of deep rubber game and we lost Kyogo a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. it would be pretty similar. I know it's it's all well and good sitting saying it through, but see if we're sitting the more night and we've won. Even if it's only three or four nothing, but Kyogo is injured, will we'll be raging. So I, I would rest all the kind of big hitters, to be honest. Yeah, I think a lot of people are thinking that Anthony bring some of the friends players in, see what they're made of. But I think you and Zed had the same lineup. They just uh, yeah, I would say I'd, for what it's worth, that I, I get the argument. Of, you know, I know my does, uh, but but you know, not starting with Kyogo. Um, you know, but I, I, in an ideal world, Rocco Vata wouldn't be out. Uh, out of favour behind the scenes and he could come in and you know deputise. Um so I definitely see the argument for it, but I think he probably will start Kyogo. But yeah, hopefully nothing untoward happens in the first half and then we can, you know, get the big hitters off. Um but I just when I was beforehand, you know, I know we always do our lineup and score predictions, it was that was the team that had a that down the same one that Jed did. You might have Mikey Johnson rather than Forrest to start, but also this is a perfect James Forrest game sort of thing, you know. So, um, I, that's the team I picked, and like you say, it's it, it's got all the romance of the cup into it. You know, it's it's it, as as too opposing two teams as, as as it could possibly be. But like you say, it'd be a great day for for them regardless. But I hope it's no too good a day. You know, I hope they enjoy the, yeah. the trip and the scenery. But I then back up north with a few quid in their pocket, but. Um, not their name in the in the fifth round draw, um, what? And uh, I'm going to say, I'll say four, four nil Celtic, four nil. Paul McFarlane comes in. What's the the betting on Gallagher Lennon <coughs> scoring the winner for Dumbarton against Rangers in a hundred percent win? Neil Lennon's son has made the move to Dumbarton on loan. Hopefully, it all works well for him as well. But look, <coughs> that takes us to the end of the podcast. And there's a couple of things I do want to say for the people here watching. And obviously catching up as well. So as a as a podcast, there's a few changes, as we all know, Jed, James, 
Anthony and Gavin have joined Jungle Gyms and, and Jade individually at the NSL's podcast, and we're all delighted that, that we're on board with us. Our plan, basically from the start of next week, Monday onwards, is we're going to go to free podcasts a week. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, the start times will be 8.30. The, the Monday and Friday ones will per, be primarily our normal podcast, like we do now. The Wednesday will be more of a theme. So fewer questions, a wee bit of a laugh, maybe some trivia, some quizzes some general football news. I'll always sell the grenade in about that. So we bit of fun on the Wednesday as well to have it for sales. And then we're going to be doing post-match reactions. We're going to do two a month because obviously availability and stuff within the podcast. So that's something to look forward to. I mean, you've seen me angry, but you see me even more angry after a match if something goes terribly wrong. So you, you know what I mean? So, and Anthony has started writing for, for the Celtic blog on behalf of ourselves at the the sales podcast. We've shared that on the socials. Willie's on the TikTok. He made the preview video tonight. And we're going to keep doing stuff like that. So just general changes to freshen up a bit for everyone watching along. And hopefully we, we can all kick on in the, the new year, which we're in already. But a new schedule, new months ahead and something to look forward to. And guys, have you enjoyed this podcast tonight? Yeah. Really enjoyed it. I, I, absolutely brilliant, mate. As I say, it's good to be back on. And just... Wanted to let the, the, the viewers know as well. First of all, a, a big thanks to to James P for, from the Celtic blog for for agreeing uh, to you know. As I say, I'm I'm just going to pen. It's going to be possibly to start off with once a week, and I'll try and put it in. Obviously, first game coming back on Sunday, and then I might do it. the next one. I might do it will maybe be the day after the, the transfer window closes, and you know, you know the assessment of that. Um, but James has kindly allowed for it to be uploaded onto the, the Celtic blog. Um, so if anybody's on Facebook or Twitter that follow um, James, who obviously he does the, the absolute line sharing all the, the content on there. Um, as I say, he's kindly agreed for to, to post it under the, the Celtic blog umbrella as well. So um, hopefully we'll get him back on soon as a, as a, as a wee guest as, um, as well for the odd show. And um, we really appreciate it. But it's, um, it's up on Twitter now um, if anybody follows yep. us, if anybody wants to read it. As I say, I don't think um, I don't think any 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 journalists will be you know you know worried about their jobs anytime soon. But you know it's a Celtic, an opinion piece about Celtic, so everyone's more than welcome to read it. And uh, I like we were saying last night, excited about all the new changes and buzzing uh, for the rest of the season ahead. Hundred percent. James yourself, did you enjoy tonight getting stuck into all that transfer stuff? <laughs> the quality, the buzzwords, quality. Aye, aye, I'll be, going, I'll be going to confession though, after all that stuff about Rogers, but nah, yeah, I have enjoyed it, mate. Good to get a, a wee rant in, um, but hopefully we're sitting in a couple of weeks at the end of the transfer one day and I've been talking a lot of rubbish. <laughs> yeah, I well, hope so. Hopefully get that quality in that we so rightly deserve as supporters. And also, just another update as well for everybody. The audio platforms have been updated and will be updated from now going forward. So Spotify, Apple, Acast, Podbean, Google Podcasts, we're on it all. It's going to be uploaded hopefully the day after as well. Franny's done a superb work. John's helped them out with that as well in terms of giving them information on how to do it, which is fantastic. And if anyone wants to search us, it's the End the Celts, a Celtic podcast. End the Celts, a Celtic podcast. You'll get us on all the audio platforms. You can take us out for a walk when your dog's having a shite and you're picking it up. All good crack. Do you know what I mean? All good crack. But until Monday, and hopefully we're not all too pissed after the Buckfast game on Sunday. <laughs> Stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail.